Hello and welcome to another MyTunes podcast right here at manxradio.com. Mark Tiley, the nation's station, Manx Radio. On MyTunes this week, I've got a musician, a pizza maker, a commissioner, a photographer and a journalist. And it's only, <laughs> but it's only one bloke. It's Mike Wade. Welcome to my tunes, Mike. Hello there, Hayden. Very good. Nice to have you here. Well, I mean, we'll get on to all of those things in various amounts, but uh, it's quite a portfolio when you add it all up. Uh, born in uh, well, Isle of Man in the old Jane, mm-hmm. I think, in Douglas. Yeah. Back in the day, not that long ago compared to me. Um, anyway, long enough. But up, off you went to QE two. And it wasn't long before you started rocking and rolling in bands. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and it's sort of been there ever since, hasn't it? Music's always been there ever since, yeah. It's always been the big constant of my life, really, sort of thing. And I can't remember a time when I wasn't obsessed by music, really. And was yeah. it pretty much a rocker's beginning for you? Didn't have much choice. It was what my brothers were really into, and you're kind of surrounded by it. And me and my friends used to go around and nick some of my brothers like seven inch records. You had like Ace of Spades and Saxon Records and stuff like this and like late seventies, early eighties kind of business and uh yeah, we just listened to his records and eventually I found this Iron Maiden double album that he had that I just had to listen to. And from about nine years old you since like Iron Maiden and stuff like that, like and Quite amazing band, yeah. Iron Maiden. I mean, yeah. they they have gained such uh, respect and influence right around the world, and for so long. We'll come on to them because I know uh, we got an Iron Maiden yeah. track for day one. But tell us, talk us through some of these early bands. What were you playing? Yeah. Well, I mean, we, I started playing guitar after. I mean, it's really funny. I was told when um, when I was thirteen, year three at high school, or something like in mucking around in a musical class, not learning anything at all. Like, I had no musical talent whatsoever. So I was like, right, I'm going to get a guitar. I'm going to learn how to play it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we did. But I got this guitar for Christmas. And myself and a few friends, my great friends there, Stephen Parry, Stewie Dunn, John Sampson, Peter Callum, we all got our instruments. And we used to come around my house in my little bedroom and sit with these little terrible amps. And we taught each other how to play guitars and this sort of thing. We learned to play two ACDC songs and then got really ambitious and tried to learn Metallica songs and all these different things. And these terrible guitars we just couldn't play. But we persevered and we, we learnt songs and we taught ourselves how to play. And I can't remember a time when I felt good before playing guitar. It, it, it's a bit of a weird thing, but um, I was a bit of a late starter as a kid, really, I guess. And uh, But I never felt comfortable in myself. I never felt happy in myself until I started playing music, until I got to grips with playing music and playing guitar. And then all of a sudden, the person I am started to form around that really embryonic sort of thing of like sort of like taking some control by yourself and like yeah. developing your own personality and, and your own stamp on the world if you know what i mean that's what i really felt playing guitar even like three or four chords i felt like i was making my own little corner of the world for myself you know what i mean i could totally and yeah. utterly identify with what you're saying especially when you get a few mates around and you start bouncing off each and you other just all each other and play yeah. the same thing in tune it's, it's quite a powerful powerful thing it's a wonderful thing and, and it never stopped and you no, can, never, and never. we'll talk about all the all the work with the ballad since so oh, yeah. 2006 7 we think when, when all that started off but uh, we will have some iron maiden and i'd love you to talk us through your yeah. first choice well this song i love this song it's a really obscure iron maiden cover that they did as a b-side which i first heard when i was 14 myself and peter callum bought these iron maiden records we used to listen to and this cover is called i've got the fire it's a montrose song which uh, paul diano first covered 
1980 to B-Side for one of the singles. And it's the first song we ever played live as a band. And I can still remember sitting there at the Kiwi 2 school disco when we were 16 and walked out on stage, plugged my guitars in, and it's an amazing riff. It's a really pounding, heavy rock and roll song, this. It's absolutely brilliant. Gets you in the back of the knees every time. Great chorus to sort of punch your fist in the air to kind of thing. And I stood on stage next to Stephen and Peter playing drums behind us, and we played to this disco. We emptied the room in a heartbeat. Oh, it no, <laughs> it didn't, did it? Of course we did. We were terrible. Oh. But playing that riff was absolutely amazing, you know, and I still remember playing it now. What's I hadn't heard the song for years, and I put it on not so long ago, and I just remembered the, the well, feeling don't, of it. Don't know? go leaving the wireless. He's, he's at it again. Actually, it's Iron Maiden doing it. It's the Montrose cover. I've got the fire. <laughs> iTunes guest this week cleared a dance floor with their rendition of <laughs> I've Got the Fire at QE2. Well, it was a disco playing Duran Duran and all sorts of other stuff, so it must have come as a bit of a shock for them. Mike Wade, you must have sort of, they must have got, oh, no idea what's going well, on. Well, we enjoyed it, that's all. Exactly. <laughs> uh, loads to talk about this week, and it's great to have you in. I want to talk about your development as a photographer, a very fine photographer. You trained here, but you also went across. Is that right? Yeah, I studied uh, well. I studied communication studies and journalism at Edge Hill University, 
and I kind of like geared that towards photojournalism. I always wanted to be a photographer. My first real desire was to be a war photographer, an experienced photographer, that kind of thing. That's what I wanted to go and I wanted to chase like horrible things around the world or experiences around the world yeah. and that kind of business. But as soon as um, when I went to university, um, uh, I had a kid basically, I had a baby called Molly at the time. This is, uh, this is uh, 1997. And as soon as I had Molly, I realized that if I'm going to bring a child up, she's getting brought up in the Isle of Man basically, like, and I'm, and I'm going to be a father, I'm never going to leave her kind of thing, obviously, yeah. you know. So I set my sights all the way through, through university, I set my sights on coming back here to work as a press photographer. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah. People always say as a photographer, oh, you're lucky, you're in the right spot, the right, the right place at the right time and this sort of thing. It's like, no, you make your own look by being there and being ever-present and being always on the ball with what you're doing kind of thing. And I put myself about enough that when I did come back from university, there was a job going on at Island Photographics under Monica Clark, working alongside John Madrill. And we sublet photographers to the newspapers at the time to work alongside Mike Proudfoot. So there's three of us who work for the papers as photographers. And I was lucky enough to get one of the jobs. Out now, that right place at the right island photographers. photographers, they folded, we think about... 2003. And that's when you went yeah. full-time to the that's papers. Right, yeah. I think a lot of people also don't, don't realise that being patient and an awful lot of time waiting for things to happen is very much part of a journalist and a photographer's life. Mm -hmm, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> You've got to be... They will be coming out there at some stage. There's not a great deal of that in the Isle of Man. The press in the Isle of Man was all about going to see people and yeah. recording what they do, meeting just great people and doing wonderful things with them. Like, you know? It's only really things like the TT and things like the bigger stories where you are sort of forced to hang around. I was told this by an AP photographer, an associated press photographer, when I was a very early, a big story where I was something to cover in 2003 or four. I was talking about going away to work, and he's like, no, stay here, it's brilliant, you get everything here. You, you go away, you're waiting all the time, you're hanging around, it's mm. boring. Stay in the Isle of Man, and I realised that you're face-to-face -face with people all the time. Most of the photographs you're doing, and this struck me early on, they're all positive, they're all good things. You're going to see people and talking about great things they've done, and photographing them for what they've done, and putting them on their pedestal, you know what I mean? It's a great perspective to have yeah, as well. It's, it's and that is, that is your every day. With this next song, I want you to tell us a bit about it, because there's a story with this, this Nick yeah. Cave song, isn't there? I've got three daughters, Molly, Mary, and Brescia. And um, I've got songs connected with all these kids. Oh, one's not a kid, one's a big curly thing. She's about 25 now, you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, I've got songs I could like sort of link into all my little girls. And they're all fabulous. And they all mean something very, very special. But uh, this one in particular makes me so happy, this song. It's incredible. Like, when... When Mary was born, it was quite a traumatic birth, shall we say. And it went from being like sort of a very calm, laid-back place to all of a sudden flashing lights and crash teams and bloody all sorts, you know. And it was, and it was a very, very disturbing and tense, very traumatic, very brief few minutes that ended up with a very quiet minute with the doctor basically resuscitating out of the very still baby, like, you know what I mean? And after a very, after a very quiet minute of gently coaxing this little baby, yeah, she finally burst into life, and there she was, you know. And I had five hours of basically staring at the pair of them, Josie, my wife, and Mary, this little girl. And you know, I, I had to stare at them constantly to make sure they weren't, <laughs> they were still with us, yeah, and they're still yeah, alive. Yeah. And eventually, Josie said, "I've got to go to sleep, and you're staring at me. Go home," kind of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> So I got in my car about half three in the morning, shaking away, absolutely stunned. 
and it's 2009. We had like a, an iPod shuffle and plugged it in the car. I thought, it has a no fit state to drive, but I drove off home anyway. And I turned the iPod shuffle on and this song came on and it was the most perfect song to come on. It's this really anthemic, beautiful Nick Cave song. Really strident, powerful, beautiful soul rock song with this amazing chorus. And I found myself windows down, driving way too quick out of Crosby with the windows down, shouting the chorus out, tears rolling down my face. Like, you know what I mean? Exactly what I needed to hear that yeah. night. And every time I hear this song now, Let's it makes it. you feel wonderful to be alive and to have my girls around me. Let's know? play it. Nick Cave, there she goes. <laughs> The winter cream, the juniper, the cornflower and the chicory. Well, all of the words you said to me are still vibrating in my head. The elmish and the linden tree, the dark and deep enchanted sea, the trembling moon and the stars unfurled. Oh, there she goes, my beautiful world. 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 There she goes again. John Wilmot and his poetry. Wrote on index cards and elect him in his socks. He said, John of the Cross, he did his best stuff in prison in a box. And Johnny Fulmer's was half alive when he wrote Johnny's rocks. Oh, me, I'm lying here, nothing in my ears. Me, I'm lying here, with nothing in my ears. His carbuncles uh, while riding death capital. And Gogan, he broke it off, man, and he went all uh, tropical. And Philip Morgan, he stuck it out in a Lyrian hood. And Dylan Thomas, uh, he died drunk in St. Vincent's Hospital.
So if you got a trumpet, get on your feet, brother, and uh, blow it. And if you got a field that don't yield, well, get up now and uh, hoe it. Uh, look at you, yeah, look at me, and deep in our hearts, babe, we're knowing that you want much of a news, but then uh, I want much of a iTunes guest this week is Mike Wade, who up until a few weeks ago was responsible for really compiling the definitive guide to what musicians are playing where, the gig guide for the Isle of Man and loads more. He's not doing that anymore, but he's still very much a musician and he's still very much involved in music. And we'll talk a lot more about what he's doing now, uh, probably tomorrow. But I <laughs> want to just talk about you being a support for musicians, not just your own work, but for musicians right across the Isle of Man. You've been there for everybody for a long time, Mike. Not just musicians. I mean, I, I, when I speak over Island life, it is arts, creative people, writers, poets and musicians in general. You know, there's lots of people who just weren't really being represented. And you don't, you'll know yourself in press and journalism. It's all about what the individual can bring to the stories that you want to do. And if you don't know the, the circles of you know, music, the ins and outs of the individuals and this sort of thing, the writers, the poets and this sort of thing, then you wouldn't necessarily know to cover it or know that it should be covered. And through working as a photographer, I met so many different people in so many different you know, exhibitions and events and concerts and all this sort of thing that you just realise these people weren't getting the exposure they deserved, which... When Island Life came up, and I was ready for a change from photography because I'd photographed everybody in the Isle of Man twice. You know, I mean, I'd <laughs> run out of photographs. That I'll, I'll put this in. I was photographing the TT. This is why I left photography. I was photographing the TT, and I was at Ren Cullen. Ren Cullen to the big wheelie, hundred x mile an hour wheelie, right past your face, photographing the wide angle lens. It's as exciting as photography gets, and I was bored. I thought, if I'm bored doing this, you need to do something else. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I walked away from photography then. Not completely, but from being a full-time photographer. To Island Life. And I took it on. And I wrote about music and arts and bands. And because I, I also know musicians. I'm myself one. I'm terrible at talking about myself. A lot of writers and poets and artists are terrible at talking about themselves. And that's why people like us come in. We have to talk about them for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I wanted to give them as much space as possible. If someone's 
done anything they're proud of individually, then they deserve to have it written about and published. And There's been a running theme in this MyTunes uh, since we started it. When I'm talking to artists or, or people involved in any form of the arts, we often say, or they say to me or I say to them, I think the Isle of Man punches way above its weight Absolutely. in almost every artistic genre. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. For a size, size we are. Fabulous talents on the Isle of Man. And talent where you don't really expect it either. One of my favourite bands on the Isle of Man is a band called Man in the Woods. They're brilliant. A really, really heavy band. There's nowhere really for them to play over here, so you don't get to see them, you know? Yeah. And there's a lot of bands like that who get their stuff together and then take themselves across to play because there's simply no venues really here to play or no much of an audience here for them. And that's a shame. So I think the Isle of Man misses out on what it has an awful lot, you know? I go in for the common denominator quite a bit. But there's a phenomenal amount of talent over here. Phenomenal. Certainly. Let's talk tomorrow about the Ballics yes. and, 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 <laughs> and a pizza oven as well. But today I want you to take us into this track, A, a Drunkard's Waltz. Yes. Well, the, I mean, this leads on to the pizza oven, really. It, 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 this song's for my wife. Uh, I love her dearly. Josie. Um, she's amazing. She's such an intelligent woman, highly educated. And we, we just love to experience life kind of thing you know what i mean and we took on this pizza oven purely because we wanted to do something for a laugh together and we did <laughs> we just generated this pizza oven to take to events to do things to give ourselves something to do other than our jobs you know and i love the fact we just kind of like just did it and threw ourselves into it and taught ourselves how to do it and then really enjoyed doing it she always amazes me by her work ethic and her creativity and her sense of humor and all sorts she's amazing she is and we're, we're a great couple together. We're a great team together. And we're great, great friends. I, I can't imagine a better friend than her at all, you know what I mean? This song's for her. I, I always play it. When, it. when I play little solo things, I always play this song. And 2005, when we first really met, we went away to a festival in Devon, this Beautiful Days Festival. And uh, this chap, Rev Hammer, was playing. And I've always liked Rev Hammer's stuff. He's a real rootsy folk musician. With like, his song's got dirt under the fingernails kind of thing. And the songs are just really to the heart, without any flanciness to them at all. They're just directly to the heart, and they're great. And it's like, oh, come and see this, come and see this. And we, were, you know, a few sides too many. We ended up like waltzing around this field while this song played to Rev Hammond. It was great. And every time we hear the song now, it's like, yeah, it's our song kind of thing. Perfect. Let's have it right now. Rev Hammer, the Drunkard's Waltz. I've no 
gestures of darkness so splendidly free There's a taste in my mouth of a love unrefined Though a scorch in a clay of the beginning of time There's a drunkard's waltz, can you take it? If I give you my bottle, don't you break it Born a love, come on, let's make it be mine tonight. This week on iTunes, my guest is Mike Waite. He's taken photographs of virtually everybody, anything that moves, really, across the Isle of Man, and he's written about the arts for many years. He's now running a fine establishment, the Black Dog Oven, and there's other things to come as well, I'm sure. But I want to talk (laughs) about the band, The Ballags. Not many bands, certainly here on the Isle of Man, have stood the test of time the way the one you're in has. No, you just don't. Because when you enjoy it, you don't want to give it up. We can't find a reason to jack it in. That's the essentialness of it. Yeah. Um, you know, we, 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 we've stopped it a couple of times. We just keep coming back to it. Two reasons. Partly because two of my very best pens playing it with me. They're Lee Craggan, the bass player, who I've known for years. And I can't imagine anybody else I want to play in a band with than Lee, really. And Ian Allen, who's just... <laughs> a crack and fell in a brilliant musical mind and somebody I love sitting down and playing with like you know we have this band together and I was having a bit of a, not a kind of a crisis in what you're listening to if you know what I mean music mm-hmm. music wise I was, I was starting to get a bit bored in what I was listening to and nothing was really speaking to me kind of thing and somebody played me a Levelers song this is like 1995-ish kind of thing I suppose I was aware of the Levelers but I never really quite got into them and this there's a couple of songs that just struck me once as being exactly what I wanted to listen to. One of the, the song I've chosen at the end of this is one of them. And it was, it was everything I wanted in music, like really raw and honest and really powerful. Get you, I've always said, get you in the back of the knees, makes you do that. Yeah, yeah. And makes you want to dance no matter where you are. Makes you want to get up and move where you are. And you, and you want to play it as well. And and it was, it was music that was here. It wasn't from the Mid-Atlantic. It wasn't from some kind of radio station somewhere. It was really music off, off the earth kind of thing. It was like three chord punk, folk roots, fiddle music. Perfect. I couldn't believe when I really got into it and heard it. I was like, that's exactly what I want to. And that's what I want to play as well. 
And when I came back to the old man, I was thinking about getting a couple of bands. Now, this is coming back after uni, yeah? After university, yeah. yeah. Okay. Thinking about getting like, a band together. I had got a couple of things and nothing really kind of fit. And I was sat in a, one of the sessions at the White House once. And this, you know, the folk uh, sessions, which don't happen anymore, which is a crying shame. But I was listening to all these like Manx traditional folk tunes thinking, my God, you could do that with this, couldn't you? And it's just like, I've never thought about doing it with Manx tunes. So me and Lee spoke. All right, he's going to dust his bass off. I'll just make his guitars off. And we just put a couple of songs together based around Manx folk tunes with punk songs behind them. And there's this big sense that we're still the only band really doing it. And we haven't even scratched the surface of what we can do. You know what I mean? You know, we're, we're not full-time musicians. We just kind of sit and write for a bit of a laugh. Me and Ian write a lot of songs together. We've got a lot of ideas. But every time we have an idea, we realise there's more to do. And it's hard to walk away from that. You know what I mean? Well, and when we play gigs as well, when we get people bouncing like the way we can, we can do, it's hard not to do it again and again. Well, here's to it carrying on for many more years. You've been doing it, I'm trying to work it out, about 15 years at least. So there's, <laughs> there's many more to come. And the music plays a part in the old Black Dog Pizza oven, doesn't it? The Black Dog oven. Absolutely. It's a huge focus down there. Yeah, the Black Dog oven's a funny thing because we don't know what we're doing with it. Do you know what I mean? We don't, we've never known what we're doing with the Black Dog oven. We just want to do it. And that's just, it sounds stupid, but after the whole COVID thing, um, we, we, you sit back and look at your life and think, well, we're we going to go back to doing things the way we did do it, or or should we just have a bit of a bit of a laugh with things that we're doing now? We took we took up um, ourselves and our friends, the Forager Vintners. We took this like uh, this yard on for a bit of a pop up, just for something to do, just for a bit of a giggle, and it worked worked really well. And we thought, you know what? And then we get an idea that just won't leave you alone. And thought, well why not let's give it a go so we plowed any money we could scrape into it uh, we built it out of scrap we took this yard on we've, we've built this place and we're still inventing it as we're going along and as we we're doing it it's like there's no way i could do something and not have a band playing somewhere <laughs> you know yeah. it's, it's a largely open air it's kind of like two-thirds open air one-third indoors and the music when the music happens kind of happens outdoors Unless it's absolutely hoofing down, we, we take it indoors. So we can't have drums and that kind of thing, just to be sensible for the neighbours and to be sensitive for the area. But we have acoustic roots, folk, you know, laid back jazz and this sort of thing. Lovely guitar stuff going on, singer songwriters coming down and playing. And it just makes, and on the right night, which you get a lot of at the moment, it just makes a wonderful, wonderful atmosphere, you know? Well, well done. It's another venue, and it's a, it's a great to have any additional venues here yeah. on the Isle of Man. Congratulations. Thank you very Long, much. May it go from strength to strength. Thank you. And uh, the levellers, oh, I tell you, I'm so glad. I don't think anyone's ever chosen the levellers. I love them. Which track are we going to finish off the week with? I was going to have um, One Way of Life, which is a bit cheesy, but I thought, you know what, Mike, it is super cheesy. <laughs> so I've gone with uh, the, the song that really got me in the back of the knees first time I heard them, uh, The River Flow. We play it with the band. We still finish gigs with it. It's one of my favourite songs of all time to, to play, to sing, to listen to, and to dance to. Well, we'll play it right now. But first of all, thank you, Mike, for coming in. Pleasure. Thank you very much indeed.
wonderful to finally catch up with Mike Wade on MyTunes. I'm Mark Tiley. Please be sure to join me for the morning show whenever you can, 9.30 to 12, Monday to Friday, right here on Manx Radio.